Come and join the photography and video show this coming March. Immerse yourself in the world of photography and filmmaking from the comfort of your own sofa. We're delighted to be able to bring the imaging community together online once again at our Spring Shoots Virtual Festival with a new refreshed format. On the 6th and 7th of March, we will host a packed weekend of exclusive talks and demos from legendary photographers, plus tailored masterclasses and the very latest kit from the top brands. Whether you're a complete beginner, a recent graduate or a seasoned professional, there's something for everyone to take the next step on their creative journey at the photography and video show. This year is a fresh start for everyone, so kick 2021 off with a burst of inspiration, ready to get out there and shoot. Visit www.photographyshow.com and register for free today. He Shoots, He Draws are proud to be an official supporter of the photography and video show. You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography, design, creativity and more with your hosts, Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hi, welcome to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws and I'm so, so pleased tonight to have a really good friend of mine who I've been wanting to have on for a long time and we bump into each other at events but sadly events haven't been happening but I'm really pleased tonight to have Clardy from Print My Soul. So thank you for joining us. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been an absolute pleasure and I'm really excited for this chat with you. I'm excited because you and I have a mutual friend, which is how we met. And that's the lovely Tony Harmer. And I remember meeting you at an event that he was doing in Hackney and he told me about you and you'd come along and we got introduced Um and and then I kind of knew who you were, but I I didn't know what you did. I just can't, I think Tony mentioned you'd had a book, or or you may have said, "Oh, Clyde is a, a graphic designer," um, and that was in the last ten years. I mean, we're talk, we're only talking about a short amount of time. And then you re, you regaled a story to me about something that happened with you and Tony, which yes. was like your introduction. <laughs> that's so, why I, that's so... why I was wondering, like, what did Tony say? And and just to clarify, Dave, I I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, not that I know right now exactly what mm. I'm doing, but even at the time, that's exactly when I was um, uh, swapping between PR and graphic design. So I was pivoting. Was my first big pivot in my career so if you had no clear idea what i was doing like that's exactly where i was i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> <laughs> and by the way talking about the way that i met tony lots of love to the amazing tony armor tony's been one of the first person and perhaps the biggest personality that i've been following while pivoting so I was moving from a graphic, from, sorry, from a PR and marketing into graphic design. And I have done so by starting a, co a, a course, a short course at Shillington College in Manchester. Yeah. And I was trying to attend as many design events. And I recognized Tony's name, probably you don't even know this story, from a CD that was given away a, from a, a magazine called Computer Arts. Yeah, I used to get that, yeah. And there was there is a CD that I've 
still remember, it's got a green cover and black and white photos and, and was a, a black and white photo. One of the person in the CD was Tony Armour. So I recognized his name into the event and I, I booked the event because of Tony. And then I found myself sitting on the same train next to Tony going from Manchester to London, extremely excited. Um, and I engage in conversation because I do recognize him and I'm um, so good when I when I'm excited or I'm stressed out or I'm not prepared for something to become extremely messy, speaking very fast and doing silly things. So just to confirm this trait of mine, I go and I spilled my orange juice on top of Tony's laptop, the laptop that he was supposed to use for the event presentation. So I'll let you imagine how much I wanted to shrink in my seat. I think that I pulled out napkins out of my shoes, socks. I could have used anything to clean his laptop and, you know, I'll let you imagine how, how horrible feeling yeah. that was. <laughs> Hi, Tony. I'm so pleased to meet you. I'm just going to kill your laptop you're going to use for this event we're going to. And I'm generally Will you remember me? sweating right now. I'm literally sweating right now and cringing just by remembering the event. Although it turned out to be a, a, a great memory and a nice, you know, icebreaker between me and Tony. Uh, luckily, and I think, you know, most importantly, because the laptop's still working, because if the laptop wasn't working anymore, I think the things would have gone uh, extremely differently <laughs> in the developing of our friendship. Um, but I remember Tony um, having made stand up in the auditorium and it was like a, a cinema, a movie theater. I had yeah, to I stand up and he mentioned to the entire class that if something would have gone wrong with the technology was my fault and I had to stand up and take responsibility in front of the entire class so luckily everything went well and that's now just a great story and you know they say you have always a, a one chance to do a you know to make your first impression Big first impression <laughs> yeah I think I took advantage of that <laughs> I think I think that is so you <laughs> yeah being clumsy absolutely <laughs> But I, I mean, I love those stories because it's those little adventures, those little things that people don't often realise that they they think that everything comes to you like so quickly and easy. Like, oh, I went to an event and I met a person and they hired me instantly. And you and I were probably kind of in a similar place at the time at that event. I remember the event really well. And I had no idea really I was going to be involved in, in the industry like I am now. And you probably felt the same like you said you were pivoting between PR and heading towards graphic design um all, so, I, all I knew is that I had to watch out where I put my drink that was my yeah, yeah. <laughs> my first concern at the time <laughs> <laughs> so let's roll the roll the clock back a little bit so that um like people can get a, a feel for where you've come from so give us a little bit about your background and kind of the the school you know up to leaving school what did you want to be who did you want to be where were you living what was your so I was kind of upbringing absolutely so one big trait that characterized my life is that I've been traveling for a vast majority of my life I studied in America in high school and then I moved throughout Europe in Spain and other amazing places around around Europe and the states as well but then I landed in um, uh, Milan where I done my first degree in uh, PR and my career started to develop towards a more marketing and office PR jobs and from there I had two different work experience the very first one was um, in a diplomatic 
environment. So I started as an assistant diplomat um, and as an assistant delegate for Burundi. And I got selected in the top 10. Again, no idea where I was there. I, I mean, I was doing PR, which is supposed to be more advertising, marketing. But because my love for traveling, I've always been uh, very interested in learning different cultures and the, my curiosity, which, again, I think is the theme here. Um, curiosity and passion is always something that has been driving me and uh, really um put away any you know, allow me to put away any fear to pursue what I wanted to do landed me this internship as an intern at the UN and that's where I went back to America and I actually work in GA plenary uh, as a communication staffer and uh, from there I was also uh, doing graffiti so I always enjoy painting and the way that I I don't really call myself a graffiti artist I don't have that level of talent and skills I just like to draw on a big canvas and I think that also mm. represent my uh, big personality I needed space um, to invade with my colors and mm. I think that uh, a wall was a very and good enough space for me. It was bigger than me. So he had, yeah, he had yeah. space to contain my creativity. <clears throat> Although, as you can imagine, working at the UN and doing graffiti is not exactly <laughs> the best combo. No, I was, was going to say, <laughs> there's two things that go together. <laughs> yeah, so as I said, the option were to get fired or arrested. And I think that neither of the two were something that I wanted to for my future. Um, and that's why I done my first pivoting and again changed from international communication focus more into business and that's where I moved to Australia. Um, I moved to Australia simply because I was doing interview at night. I wanted to travel and I landed a, a fantastic job um, for a PR agency in Sydney. And when I was there, I was so worried about making sure that all the press releases had the title of the same color of the brand and I was doing all the packaging for the newspaper or the magazine that represent the product that really I wasn't meeting deadlines and I'm also dyslexic so you have to do a lot of work on the phone and you really have to write down so I'll let you imagine that wasn't very successful um, one of the editor from a, one of the biggest newspaper in uh, Sydney in the morning when I used to call him to get the details about the job he'll be like oh you fucking Italian again. So that was our good morning call. And I was like, hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, so that was a, that was a, a probably a sign that that was not necessarily for me, although I kind of attributed to the accent of Australia. Although I had a, a lovely uh, director, which sort of uh, pushed me towards spending more time and hanging out with the creative department. And when I was there, I started to really have a look at what creativity is and the roles in our direction and graphic design. And that's where I found my family. Um, and that's why I decided, you know what, that's that's what I want to do. It, it really worked well in terms of merging my marketing knowledge and translating into a visual. And that's why today, finally, after so many years, I define myself, I find sort of like a box um, which is, again, very open. <laughs> but uh, um, I define myself as a visual strategist. Um, so the strategy and the marketing part, which has been the majority of my studies there, but then I uh, implemented with studies here with the Shillington College and also at the Manchester University School of Art. Um, I then embraced design and art direction. And that's where these creative, colorful, crazy mix 
you know, that's that's a long journey. Sorry, probably took way too long. No, no, that's it's a podcast. That's what we want. I don't want to quick ease. Oh yeah, I just I had a quiet upbringing and did this and that. It was no, fun. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the reason why what I like to get that story is something I know you and I have spoken about is firstly like your dedication to anything you've done i totally agree on the graphic design thing i always feel i never feel comfortable describing myself as a graphic designer or putting down i'm a graphic designer because i think it's too it's too closed in i'm i actually love marketing my background is marketing i i used marketing to introduce my design skills into that role so that i could do both so i love email marketing i love statistics i love branding understanding how things work in companies and I would say to young designers just go and get a job for a year go and work in a company go and work with a Karen go and work with HR go and work with a sales manager that doesn't that hates marketing and does and think you know you spend my money go and work with those people and understand get a real feel for it yeah because when you leave and you're trying to get work with those companies if you don't understand how they work you will never understand how how to form a relationship with them so you know my background was desktop publishing and marketing graphic design kind of grew out of those seeds but like you went to shillington you you didn't just go oh i know enough i, I kind of get by you've got oh, i was no, the worst student there more. like i really tried to reconnect with my uh, lecturer but i don't <clears throat> I don't even think like that that they probably see me as the same person visually the way that I was dressing the way I I was very confused and trying to produce a piece of graphic design you need to be extremely organized and need to know what you're doing so I didn't know what I was doing and I was again you know even the way that I was showing I remember something that really disturbed one of my my lecturers that I had many different earrings and there were no matching and I was so proud of it of them being like different she was like it's not symmetric doesn't make sense and I was like yeah you're a designer and I don't have a clue (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't the best students that I remember there are so many talented and that's probably you know you need it when you say talking about being a graphic designer or not I still struggle and that's why I find this definition of visual strategist uh graphic designer to me is you know I, I see so many talented people out there and perhaps i limit myself as well uh, by not uh, allowing me to to you know join that space at least in my mind or perhaps i do it into a different way but i just think that i never uh could afford the time to train in perhaps illustration and that's something that i really feel that I, I still carry with me as a, as a burden because I would have loved um, to spend time illustrating. And something that I think is also key, I don't know about you, the way that you've been brought up, but I've been brought up in a way in which sitting down and being at the computer or sitting down and drawing was equal to doing nothing. So I was always told like, oh, why you do? So I was being unproductive. And I come from a family which, I mean, my parents are amazing lovely individuals very very loving I I was very very lucky Um, although small town small village south of Italy many years ago my parents are also very old they had me um, in their 50s in the 80s so you know let you imagine um, that the age gap is is huge and uh, they 
now they barely understand what I do and it's so cute because they're always on Adobe Live. My mom and my dad, they join in oh. on the show. <laughs> my dad is trying to have a go at Photoshop. It's, it's extremely sweet and funny. But now they are also older and more relaxed. Way in their, you know, Aurora age when they were professionals and I needed to be a professional, a.k.a. doctor, university professor, lawyer. And I think that's the end of the list, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, me and my mom didn't speak for over a year when I decided to pivot into the graphic design. And um, I know she wouldn't be too happy hearing me to say that, but that's the, that's the truth. And I know that many people perhaps are in the same situation. She literally told me, um, we're going to talk when you're a stop, when you know, when you when you decide to go back to business and be serious and you stop color doing coloring books, we're going to talk again. Oh, so and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, again, the key word of passion, being passionate. And that that really helped me so much to go against everything. I started here in the UK where I had nobody, nothing. I had no connection, no family, no even idea of things worked. And I just have it to make it work for myself. And I just experiment. But I think that that's something that, you know, since I was talking about my parents, my dad always say that he always mentioned to me that and it works in a completely different business um, in industry. But he always told me the day that I stop having fun while I work would be the last day that I'm going to do the job and I couldn't agree more like I have a blast doing what I do I'm curious I'm still curious about it I'm currently constantly learning and studying and taking notes and watching things and and I still feel like I don't know much and I think that that's really what empowers me to move forward and to overcome any obstacles that I found on my way I think that comes out in your personality because like when you're on Behance and when I've, and I know we'll talk about places you've talked because on your website, you've got a list as long as your arm of all the places where you've, you know, been fortunate enough to speak that I think because you don't have that ego of, I am the best, um, you know, watch and learn. I, I know everything. I think the fact that you've got that kind of, childish kind of mischief <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you know childish what i mean yeah you know what i mean no. <laughs> but but like you're 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 learning as you're doing and the enthusiasm comes out is that you do find it exciting you do love what you do you are still learning there's you can see some people you can see growth and some people you can see like I, there's a couple of people on YouTube quite often their video pops up and it's like, man, you just got in a, you just got in a rut and you just planted roots there and stayed there. You're never going to grow. Whereas you've got kind of this impish kind of, I don't know what the word is, but it's like you, you so, it's so obvious you love what you do that it comes out in the way you do it. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for all this unblushing here. You can see. <laughs> um, but I, again, like the key word for me are two, and I'm going to probably already said it three times. I'm going to say a fourth time, curiosity mm. and passion. And I should uh, uh, add as well, um, you know, the, the idea, and that's something that probably the UN taught me. There is an episode um, that only my closest, you know, people know, but I'm, I'm happy to share because I think it's useful. So I prepared, whenever I say that I worked at the UN and I was in geoplanary, 
it's like wow and inside my mind it's like oh cringe because it was hard i worked nine months nine months preparing on a paper that i had three minutes to explain in GA plenary in front of like all the other nations. And I was the one, cause I was the communication person. So, you know, <laughs> I was the one who was supposed to read it <laughs> and write it. So I spent nine months to study. And when I went to the UN, I, despite the fact that, you know, we won a resolution and we won, a, I won an award when I was there as a distinct delegation, thanks to the amazing teamwork. Uh, my actual speech went horribly. So my three minutes were not used right at all. I got confused. I wasted one minute just sort of regroup and to calm down. And the second minute struggling to understand what I had to do. And then the third minute tried to save it up. But it was a very poor performance. So I remember going back to the hotel. And by the way, I was given an hotel on a Marriott on Times Square facing Times Square. So, you know, I felt, you know, all this elevation and all this responsibility I think I was 21, 22, and I felt like I failed miserably. I mean, that that was because that was my biggest moment in the spotlight mm. and it went horribly wrong. And I just remember being like, I almost still feeling it on my body still. But I remember having a hot bath and feeling the, fa the failure on me. And then something happened, which is the next day I woke up, I was able to eat. Uh, go to the bathroom, have a shower and all my normal body functions, breathing, you know, everything was there. I haven't lost anything about my life. It was just another day and I, I went back to work and, and actually had a very good day, was very successful. People recognized that I was very young and I was beginning, but still the information were valuable. So again, this is the big lesson that probably was a little bit of a shock, but also taught me a lot. You know, you can fuck up and it's good to do it and the more you do it the more you learn so I think that that's also the spirit that it got me to of course within I'm not saying just to go and do whatever and without without having understanding of yeah what with do. no consequences absolutely yeah. or, or without like any prep because I prep for nine months for three minutes um so um as long as you are in peace with what you're done as long as you are aware that you know, and that's when I was actually doing my exam for my English naturalization. I had to do an exam to um, prove <laughs> that I knew enough about the, Eng the British culture and the English culture. I actually, I studied a lot and then I went and I did my exam. You're supposed to have 20 minutes. I've done it in eight minutes and <clears throat> I just didn't, you know, I just didn't throw it there at all, but I knew that every time that I was replying to a question, I knew that that was my best of my knowledge. I counted in my finger the one that I genuinely knew that was 100% I was sure of and the one mm. that I was I didn't know. And then I decided to close the exam and to leave. But not just because I just wanted to, to throw it there or to gamble it. I knew that I did the best that I could. And that was all I could control. The rest I couldn't control. Absolutely. So I let it go. Yeah. And I think that this aspect probably that is the, what comes across in Behance or other part, like, and any time that I uh, sign for a contract, still to this day, today in particular as well, um, whenever I propose myself for something, I make sure that people know that I'm not an instructor. As much as I'm pivoting right now 
and I'm doing a lot of speaking engagement and I do come across as an instructor because I'm actually, you know, explaining and breaking down and, and, and showing people how to um, learn how to do something. I really make sure that I come across, hey, I'm a professional and that's what I do. That's my way of doing it every day. And I'm super happy of sharing that with you. I'm happy to share my notes and my experience. Um, but, you know, I think that majority of people that I've been working with, they actually appreciated that. And that's where they see the value and the difference of what I can bring to the table. So, you know, again, try to not necessarily feel bad for you where you, where you are and what you have. Um, because I think that there is always, there is, always a silver line. There is always something that you can use to elevate your pitch. Yeah. 100%. I know it's funny. It's, I'm just sitting there thinking, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> because there is that thing of, you have to understand, you have to understand yourself. It's going to sound really like cheesy and, but you have to understand yourself. Like you say, you have to understand how to fuck up and come back from it. And and that life will go on because do you know what people bigger than us and more famous than us have, have fucked up a lot better than we ever will, and they've kept their job as presidents and politicians and yeah. So you know us like just messing up something or you know fluffing fluffing a line uh, makes you more human. I think more than anything, if you too if you're too polished, I think you can be a bit robotic. And I think the fact that what comes from you, what I love that comes from you, that like all the times I've known you, there's still stuff I'm finding out tonight, is it's just that willingness to understand your kind of, not level, that's the wrong word, but you kind of know your strengths and you know how, you know what weaknesses are there to improve upon, but come as part of your personality. So, like you say, I, I, you're similar to me. Is I don't like to say, well, I'm an instructor, and I, I put on my business card, I'm an instructor, and I'm an author, and I'm, a, you know, but it's like it feels weird to say but it. I think it's also because so, so, I'm a I'm a doer that shares what I know. Yes, That's it. sorry, um, sorry for cutting you off, but yeah. what I was trying to say is exactly it also comes with less responsibility, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> why over promise and, and honesty <laughs> yeah exactly i rather surprise rather than over promise you know <laughs> yeah was it that there's some there's some kind of saying about delight isn't there um i love that i heard someone say it the other day that i love the word delight in that that's the experience you give someone it's the delight it's the unexpected joy of what you've just presented or given or achieved and, and you know, I did. I never thought, I never thought I'd be teaching uh, at all. I've I've always been introvert. I've always been shy. People never believe that about me. But God, as a kid, I wasn't even wallpaper at a party. <laughs> I was the lining behind the wallpaper. Like yeah, I would be that person that people would go, "You were there," <laughs> because because I kept myself to myself and I didn't have that confidence and. I, you know, I've always I've always worked for a company. I've never kind of pushed myself out there. And it was only really the kind of, I don't know, the last 10, 11 years that I've actually, we're sharing the same world in different ways. That, yeah, I, I, I don't profess to be any more than I am. And when people hire me, I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, I've even joked, like, if someone hired me for something, I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a quiet day for <laughs> 
I wonder if I was seventh or eighth on the list of, you know, after the first six that <laughs> turned it down. And I know it's unfair to say that because it is lovely that people think that of us and that we get asked to do things. But I think with you, and we spoke about this off air, is whatever we consider to be our level of success is it's just purely like it's achievements. It's, learn, it's, it's the hurdles that we have to keep jumping. Like every behance you do, not to say that each one's going to be better than the last because you could have an amazing one and do a crap one the following week. Something goes wrong. But because you get used to doing it, people see you doing it. There's this thing of, you know, it's all right for her. She gets she gets that. What does she just do? Turn up and say, hey, I can teach Adobe and got hired. And we were talking about this off air and I really want to bring it up because let's talk about We'll call this the eat, eat shit section. <laughs> eat shit section. Yeah. So just tell me what you said on there because I know I've experienced it where people like don't don't know the forty years of Dave that went behind the ten the past ten years of, of me and what people think of me or know me as. And you, I think you summed it up perfectly <laughs> by so. saying that. They, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that to the to the delight in just a second. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to, to, I wanted to say two things before that that you mentioned that you touched mm. on. So one regarding my personality, my friends call me uh, Rainbow Jelly. So um, I think that that's also something that helps, just because you know, uh, and 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 probably something that it will come as a shock to many people that don't know me well i'm not very an extrovert i uh, i've done an M mbti test which is like a personality at work and um, mm. uh, my result is extroverted thoughts and introverted emotions so i'm very vocal and extroverted with my thoughts and my creativity but in reality i'm extremely introverted in terms of experiencing emotion and, and relations mm. so I'm pretty solitary, even if people see me out there a lot. It's just um, a surface part of my of my way of communicating. So I'm very communicative, but not as long as it's not about me. So this is like uh, I'm here like fidgeting while we talk because <laughs> that's, that's a secret as well. And uh, um, getting to the eat shit part. Yeah, that's that was my way of saying um, pretty much to someone. And, and that's I'm going to recap it to what, what our a private conversation was which is exactly you know i get messages and i apologize if you are that person that sent me that message listening right now <laughs> but you know that's 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 the truth and it's good to be honest like as we said i do get messages where it's like claudia how do i you know how do i become like you how do i do what you're doing right now that's my portfolio can i just do an adobe live uh, can you get me an adobe live hey send me the send me the email of the adobe live manager like, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, really, dude? Like, that's brave. I mean, I cheers how brave you are. But the first reply that I will, I never had the, you know, the boast of right to anyone. But I would have loved to say and what, what I was sharing with you is like, well, as long as you're fine eating shit and smiling while you do it, <laughs> that's perhaps <laughs> the first trait that you should have in order to do what I do. Because it's been a tough journey. I you know, thought about giving up every year, I had deadlines, believe, like, believe it or not, I actually had realistic deadlines throughout my years, every year, and multiple times during the year as well, in which that was my deadline to quit. So, okay, if by June, I haven't done that much, or I've earned that much, and I've, you know, 
I'm going to be done. Okay, by April. So I kept moving on and on uh, by giving, of course, realistic boundaries of what, you know, I, I needed to, to, to do in, sort of in, in order to support myself and to keep, you know, a mortgage or uh, to keep a decent lifestyle. And that, that was, was a threshold because, okay, the passion, okay, all the amazing fun stuff, but I need to be realistic. So that was my threshold. And um, again, I don't know if we talked about that, but I started a job in a printing shop at the same time, right before that. And in between, I've, I've done shift job. Like I was working here at Levi's in, in Manchester at the Arndale. And by the way, I had one, one of my design clients coming at the studio and print my soul uh, after a meeting, after an hour, still looking at me like, you were the Italian that sold me three pairs of 501. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yes, that's me. <laughs> so apparently I'm good in sales, but. You know, besides that, I was working at a cafe and I was working at a bar. So it, that was part of me becoming a designer, you know, serving coffees to pe to designers that were working upstairs. And I just wanted to be in the building so I could meet them. So I literally have to wash their cups and with two degrees on my shoulder, a master degree and all the year of studies and traveling and, and sacrifice that I've done. Being there and washing people's spits out of a cup, it really made me, you know, don't feel good about myself. But I mm. needed to put money aside in order to build a business. And then after many years, and funny enough, uh, probably, I don't know, did, did I ever tell you how did I started a business? I did my first client. No, no, I was going to come on to that. So I started by... Um, Literally, I was I was in uni for my second time. So that's when I was in Manchester School of Art uh, for the design and art direction. And uh, I literally needed a new bed because I was here in this house and the bed was old and I was renting a place and they, they had an old mattress. So I started to, to look online at a closer place because I also didn't have a car. So I needed to make it easy uh, in order to have a decent bed to sleep in. And I found this place and... Um, again, being very opinionated and vocal about my thoughts, <laughs> I told to the person on the phone because I couldn't find the right mattress and I didn't understand. So I, I was on the phone with him and I was like, I, that's what I need. And by the way, your website is shit. It's horrible. Like I cannot find the thing. Like, what you know, how can I find this mattress on your website? And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're really looking for a designer that will help us with our branding and our website. And I was like, hey, my, I am Claudia. <laughs> <Well, hello>. <laughs> <laughs> I am Claudia, an Italian designer. <laughs> so I literally introduced myself, booked a meeting, and that ended, ended up being my biggest client for the first two years of business. I managed the entire design department and also business i ended up doing business strategy for him as well so i was earning quite a decent amount of money when i was still in uni before finishing uni and that have you know allowed me to have a to open a studio uh to buy printers to to run the business and the second biggest client that i they've been with me for about five years now was a restaurant and um, I want to mention them because we have a lovely relationship here. It's called Anatolian Grill here. And it's a restaurant down the road. So I bought a house and I didn't have a kitchen. I had nothing. Like literally there, there were barely, there, there wasn't even a full floor in the house. So I wow. needed to eat somewhere. And I spotted this restaurant, which by the way, it's amazing place. And I generally enjoy going there. So I was there five days a week for dinners for my main meal. 
and I heard that they were talking about changing the logo and I looked at the menu and they were all ruined. So I just went home and spent, and bear in mind, I had a few glasses of wine as well. And I spent the entire night to design a new logo for their identity. Next morning, 9 a.m., I was there doing a pitch for the entire rebranding. They've been my client for the first five, you know, five years. They've been with me and they're, you know, an amazing business. And just out of nothing, out of nothing, you can create whatever you, but again, I haven't sent anyone an email saying how to do that. You know, that's just something, <laughs> that proactive idea, that spark, that desire. And last thing that I'm going to say here is that, you know, when you were talking about goal or achievement or success, I haven't even started yet. No. You know, like, I'm just... This, you're just warming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that thing, like opportunity knocks and... Similar thing for me is when I, I, I'm a very retrospective person. I'm not a very forward thinking person. Um, so I, I tend to kind of build my personality around the things that have happened to me because I can draw from experience. So I know things where like, you know, at a time where you've said, like we were talking off air about things you say to people and you're like, it stays with you forever. That those, that those things don't go away. But it's just that thing of you meet someone or you happen to be in a place or a chance meeting you throw orange juice over someone's <laughs> laptop to get their attention oh, <laughs> yeah. oh no no but, that wasn't done on purpose though. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's like when i when i do speak to creatives like photographers and work in the photography industry as well and i was the thing i find the most frustrating is like so many people don't even know that they've got to eat shit sometimes that they've got to have those experiences but they sit and wait for the phone to ring it's like such an old-fashioned cliche of i am going my name is dave i've decided i'm going to be a logo designer so i shall put seven logos on instagram oh i'm not getting any likes <laughs> Well, I'm going to sit and now I've done those, I'm going to wait for the phone to ring. Phone doesn't ring. I know what I'll do. I'll contact someone who's put in lots of hard work to build their business. And I'm just going to ask them, can I have what you've got? And they don't realize that you have to be skint and have no kitchen to go and eat in a restaurant that you probably can't afford anyway, just to have that opportunity. You've got to work in the shop knowing that one day the the, the you know the head of something's going to walk in and your personality is going to start a conversation you're going to have a chance meeting all my all my best friends have all come about through some kind of weird opportunist meeting and the things that have come from those friendships of what developed me as a person because their personality has helped bring me out but at the same time, you know, I've pissed a lot of people off, I'm sure. <laughs> I've messed up stuff. I've let people down. It's like I hate letting people down. That's one of my biggest things. Um, but you have to hear those stories to know that, you know, not that everyone has to be skin or, you know, have a, have a shitty day. Some people do work hard, come out, start and, and carry on. But I think it's a really important lesson like what you've said there is if you don't make it happen yourself if you didn't go back and do that work when people go i'm not working for free yeah but you've you've now got a client for five years 
that was built on you going home with a couple of glasses of wine after a lovely meal and spending some time to develop something and be there, be there at nine o'clock the following morning. This is what you need. Most people would not do that. They wouldn't even think to do that. So I think there's a lot to be said about when people say about creating luck for yourself. I think there are times in life where if we don't read the signals, stuff's going to pass us by. I think that you said, mentioned another keyword, so I'm just going to keep reiterating them. So passion, curiosity, and what you said right now was my hashtag on my first business card. So I had a business card with an hashtag. And by the way, I had no clue what an hashtag was or how to use them. I was clueless, but it was important. And it was a, a team. And that's what why I ended up on my business card. And the and the hashtag was make it happen. And that's exactly what you what you mentioned just right now. So make it happen. Don't ask me how to do it. Because first of all, we are all come from so many different backgrounds and you have no idea Mm. where I'm coming from and I have no idea where you're coming from but you know where you are and you know what you can do with what you have and of course exposing yourself to uh, networking event so you know placing yourself in a place where it's easier for you to reach the people that you're you know aspire to become friend with or that you admire is definitely a step in the right direction so I generally you know, I'm very encouraging with people who want to talk and message, but maybe talk with me to or me- or use the opportunity to message me by saying hi and telling me about you or asking me a question about something that you want to develop or something that you like or a conversation starter that you think that is relevant and meaningful for you and also is part of what you see that I do. That's a good opportunity. Well, if you talk to me in a way like, how do I become like you? You wasted an opportunity of connecting with me, first and foremost. Mm. Second, I mean, besides eating shit, I don't know, and smile while you do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, and I hope that I'm not going to be remembered just by that. But, you know, I just think that that's, that's my most honest answer. I suffered a lot and not, you know, it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be, it's just hard to break through such a saturated market especially the creative industry is so flexible in terms of reinventing yourself you can literally decide what you want to do and name your role even if it doesn't exist and is valid um and it's and it's even more valid it's even more unique and it brings value so i think that really having these reflections on who you are and something that really helped me perhaps is that i spent a lot a long time alone because of course traveling uh, being in a country where I didn't know anything or anybody or barely the language has been a big barrier so allowed me to spend a lot of time in my own head but that gave me time to you know that's that's what I had to work with you know I had to work with my own head and what I had and I'm still learning so be humble be humble be ready to work hard and um, something that it can sound a bit weird but I would like to offer as and help in really striving is physical training. Um, I really, really push myself uh, with with uh, with training. And by the way, probably is worth mentioning. I was a, a professional athlete in Italy, so I grew up from very young as being part of the Italian Federation team for sailing. So I'm used to really, really harsh training. Um, 
I think that if you train, no matter what it is, running, swimming, basketball, jumping on your one foot, whatever, but really pushing your mind into, I can do 10. No, I'm going to do 11. And that's, that's what my mindset, I think that's underlined throughout what I've done, really pushing myself one minute more, five seconds more. That allows you to build that resiliency um, in order to really face difficulties. Because if you're ready to face the difficulties, well, you know, you might just get a comfy chair at home and make it comfortable because I think that's the place where you're <laughs> probably going to end up being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's like the, the the opposite of like like the procrastination thing or oh, I could do a little bit more, but I'll, I'll actually pick my phone up and go and watch TikTok for half an hour. And that's that. That's where that's where time loses. But you're right. It's just, just do one more thing. Just do that little bit extra. Just learn that extra thing. I was talking to, in fact, I was talking to Tony today about it. Um, and he did a talk about training, about self-learning. It's like no matter what age you are, whether it's a physical thing. I mean, I haven't told anybody this. And today was the first day I I found out that I failed. Um, I, long, long time ago, um, I have mentioned it before on social media. But in 1991, when I was younger, <laughs> 26, <laughs> uh, my friend got me to the London Marathon. And now I couldn't run a bath at that point, let alone run around the streets. So he got me to do it and um, didn't tell me that he'd entered me for the London Marathon. So he took me out training. Come on, push yourself. Let's go one extra mile. Let's go an extra 10 minutes. He, my friend Mike, really pushed me. I've actually done a talk about him because it was really key to who I was. And he tricked me into doing the London Marathon. Um, he told me very late on that that's what we were training for and he set me a target of five hours I completed it and I have the photograph to prove it of four hours 59 minutes and 59 seconds me crossing the line wow I beat his target by one second and he always used to say I know you won't let me down and I did eight more uh, in 10 years I did eight London marathons in 10 years and that my last one was 2002 I entered for the London Marathon this year and today was the ballot day and I didn't get in. <sighs> and it was just like, I just needed, I kind of needed that kick up the ass to, to go back to do something that I, that I know I've done before, but a physical challenge that I've not, you know, it's this is 19 years on mm -hmm. from my last one. It's like bit starting from scratch, but I was really disappointed. It's hard work. It's really hard work training. It's hard work doing it but the satisfaction of of achievement is i said it's the best thing i've ever done in my life aside from having children it is the best thing i've ever done in my life because i'm so proud of going from a person that wouldn't even dream of doing it to not only achieving it but repeating it and improving on it that i try to carry that in my life in in terms of when i say to people i've done the london marathon the first thing they do is this they go <laughs> you you've done a london marathon what did you finish it and it's like yeah what, what, like, what time thanks. Sa same yeah same day um <laughs> but 
Yeah, so it's like some it's something that surprises people that I think you have to sometimes do is surprise yourself by doing something you wouldn't think you do and achieving it and sharing that success. So it's the one thing I show off about. It's the one thing if anyone ever says is like I'm like either I, I don't say I've spoken at Adobe Max or I've I've written a book. I I would tell people I've done the marathon before I do any of that because it was a physical personal achievement that was something I never thought I'd do. And I think you need it for your mind. Uh, you need to, you need a different stimulation to what you do. Um, I don't know if that's kind of where you were going. Totally. And, and train. Yeah. I, I was going to say yep. that's where the, um, you know, I'm going to share with you a little bit of a, a cloudy attitude there. So you say that you didn't pass to, you know, the, the ballot. Yeah. So it means that you cannot. Sorry, I'm not familiar with it. It means that you cannot participate. Correct. I can't participate, but I can still train. Okay, exactly. So that's exactly where my point was. Like, what is stopping you uh, from doing it anyway in order to get Mm. better and get in a position where you can perhaps do it next year? So because the recognition is about your goal, you know, not what they say about you. And that will put you probably in a better place to succeed next year. So and you never know. And I know I'm never going to win it. (laughs) <laughs> well that i didn't know that was the goal <laughs> <laughs> it was the first year uh it was like yeah i can win this thing <laughs> and then uh, that you're at the start line and all the faster people are running past you you feel like you're running backwards it's, it's the weirdest <laughs> feeling but no i always joke and say i like, finish it the same day and uh and i was winning and i stopped and did my shoelaces up and twenty thousand people ran past me <laughs> but you're right it's my that that thought of oh i didn't get in i don't have to train but actually no it was i didn't get in but i was prepared to train yeah so what's stopping me from yeah training? and 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 who knows i mean i always find beauty in these sort of corners that are facing us because I mean, that's what happened to me. And that's what I think you and everyone should be open uh, for and to. Because maybe this year, you are not going to do the same training that you've done all the time because you're not taking part. But that might probably take you into doing something else, which will bring you to another step in your life that will probably make you feel even better. So, I mean, that's the sort of positive attitude that I really recommend in terms of, you know, vision and envision for your future plans that didn't go right that doesn't mean that's that's actually an opportunity for you to do something better what's next mm. goal what is the next thing i'm gonna bring you to do my the rose technique do you know what is that <laughs> do, you know, do you know what is that the rose method no so it's, it's actually based in london so it's definitely closer to you i guess than, than yeah. me um is a school is a brazilian version of yoga which is no yoga so you don't do the, all the yoga things um, in reality, it's harder, but it's called uh, physical intelligence. So it's all about building strength through the mind and then the body, meaning you pretty much eat shit and smile. So it's painful, it's hard. You have to fight, stay in position and stay for a very long time. And it's uncomfortable and you get a smile and breathe calmly. So your body goes through the stress and the adrenaline or shaking and wanting to give up. And you got to work through that and smile and relax and take it until you build that strength in your body. So you literally can do even yoga poses that are harder than I've done yoga for many years and I couldn't do what I've done after a month of this training. It's it's called... Mm. um, physical intelligence and is really training the nervous system 
through breathing and it builds an amazing strength. Like I'm doing things, Dave, that I thought that I, you know, <laughs> I, I know that I could have done like 15 years ago, but I'm quite impressed. <laughs> I'm like, hey, <laughs> so may maybe I'll bring you on this journey. <laughs> Yeah, you have to tell me more about that. Well, we'll we'll finish off just by um, kind of let's blow some smoke up here now. <laughs> so we've we've talked we've talked about who you are, your journey to get here, and like the 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 bits and pieces, like the fuck ups and eating shit. I'm going to call this episode oh <laughs> "Fuck Up, Eat Shit, and and Success." And smile and, and smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So. You and I are now both in this world where we are hired. That where we are now, people ask for us to do things. We, you, we've both written a book. <laughs> we've both taught at events that we've previously been attendees and kind of looked up and always thought, you know, I wonder if that could be me one day. <laughs> and then when that one day comes, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you've taught at Physical Adobe Max because I remember once walking off to a session and you were sat in the cafeteria <laughs> on your laptop and you were working on your InDesign. Starting. I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, interrupt you, but you know, th there's all that anxiety and, and stress and stuff that comes behind doing it. But I mean, I'm just looking, I've got your website open at the moment and I'm just looking at the list of things you've been involved in and doesn't it feel great when you do, when you deliver that, when you, prepare for it and you deliver it and it's like you absolutely crap yourself and but you're the person they hired and you're the person I won't I won't name names but when somebody says to me like they have done recently do I know anybody that excels at illustrator and InDesign that can teach those things not they're not asking for an instructor you're the first name that comes on my list uh, as a female and Tony is a male they're the, you're the two people that I instantly think of because I know you both have experience in different ways. I mean, Tony's older than me, but it's I think it's so great when you can kind of tick off those. I've spoken at Creative Pro, I've spoken at Adobe Max Europe, Adobe Max America, I've done Behance Live, I've done Adobe Live Masterclass. I mean, you've put in the hours you've you've definitely put in the hours and earned your stripes to to be hired how do you feel in being in that world where you're you're the public facing you're cloudy from print myself so they just just by you saying all of that if you ask me how i feel i'm just feeling lightheaded at the moment <laughs> i because i don't i'm not oh my god that's gonna sound horrible but i uh don't have the time to look at that first and foremost i don't have the time um i don't like anything that I do. Uh, I'm I like it while I do it. I'm passionate, but then right away is 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 gone. Is uh, oh my god! I can't believe I've done that. It's, and up to to yesterday, uh, when I checked because I was featured at Adobe Max under graphic design alongside some mind blowing you know four people and also mm. Mark Hips, which is another amazing amazing instructor, Max Master next to him. And yeah. I take screenshots because I don't believe it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who sits there and say what I've done. And first of all, I have a horrible memory, long gone in my teen years. I don't have memory anymore. Mm. Um, so I don't really remember and I'm too much focused. I'm so grounded in what I'm doing right, right now, every single day that I unfortunately don't give myself time to enjoy that. 
um, that's probably something that I don't know if I'll ever get to the point. Probably it's part of the fact that I'm on the learning curve. I'm always worried about what I don't do or I haven't done well rather than what I've done. Um, probably one highlight just because it's so out of the, the way is the fact that I taught at, at Capitol Hill that I was contacted by a digital director of the Democratic Caucus in uh, Washington, D.C. That's the only thing that really blows my mind and the award for the book because it was me coming out as an illustrator. Uh, those are the probably two achievements that I re everything else to me is just like, oh, my God, I'm going to fuck it up. You know, like is <laughs> that's that's the feeling I'm constantly I just want to do better. I want to do better. That's mm -hmm. that's my feeling. I want to do better. And I'm always studying to do better and prepping myself to do better. Um, that's where my mind is at. Um, I look at the past and I'm usually horrified <laughs> because all I can see is what I can improve. And that's the thing. That's just my mindset. I don't really allow myself to stop. Um, I'm very, very productive. I'm very extremely probably hyperactive. And that doesn't allow me to 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 look at the list. Like I haven't updated the list on the website for a year right now. There is so much more, mm. um, you know, that I've that I've done in in the past year. And I hope that probably with age, I will come down and I will enjoy it and I will and I will surprise myself. But at the moment, I I just I'm so grounded into wanting to like you putting me next to Tony. Like, are you joking? Like Tony is like way up there. Uh, like. You know, that that doesn't occur in my brain. Like I was really feeling lightheaded by you saying all of that. That's like overwhelming news. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's true. I don't, I, you know, yes, Tony, I, Tony is my like I, f I feel with Tony like he, you know in uh, Toy Story where they all go claw. <laughs> We're we're those little green aliens. Yeah. Tony, Tony's yeah. cool, but like I've I I have so much respect for him. I've like undying respect for that man. And uh, I'm the alien. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, but you don't have to be older or have done it for twenty thirty years. I think I think it's a combin like everything you've just said. It's a combination of your personality, your experience, what you bring to the table, your enthusiasm, all of those ingredients you've just spoken about for the past hour, are why you become a name that's forefront to people. Even if you've only been doing it for, like, say, doing it, yeah. but you've been doing it for for all your life, but in the industry it's relatively Absolutely. new to you. it's probably you know the last four or five years Absolutely. um but it's i think it's nice that you earn that respect and i'm gonna just i think sorry you... sorry to interrupt you but i want to yeah, take go i want to take it. this uh, opportunity to say just as a statement that i'll be named by adobe and one of the courses that i've done last year one of the top uh, world you know world top illustrator instructor and i haven't said that like i haven't shared it isn't you cannot find it anywhere is there if you want to go you can find it but there. i haven't i haven't it's in there. i haven't no i haven't even shared it like i i don't acknowledge it i don't promote it and, and i should like paste it everywhere but i didn't probably i you know that's a reflection for me to i think yeah i think it's a testament of your personalities why put a pin in it and kind of have that as the thing it's like okay well that's that's nice it's nice to be recognized but i'm not finished yet i haven't even started <laughs> yeah just put just put 2021 after that because there's more years coming 
<laughs> I, I always say that, and that's probably because I see like people like Tony, people that have such a great experience. That's the only thing that keeps me excited. Like, imagine what I what I can do like in ten years. You know, like yeah. So that's that's what keeps me excited. I think as well the advance of like the advance of technology where we are today with what's available to us as well compared to five years ago 10 years ago I mean when you think when I'll, I'll speak for myself on this but I remember when I was first on my Adobe journey it it wasn't that I'd necessarily gone to the Adobe store and bought the Adobe products and gone home <laughs> and installed it I got to use other people's um now we're in a world where we have the ability to do it learn it we have access to the software um i mean that's just today look at look at who'd have thought five years ago adobe illustrator and adobe photoshop on a mobile device no i mean that's on an ipad you know and and, that's that's also fear uh, because i mean my fear is that keeping current and make sure that in 10 because you know where i'm going to be in 10 years is exciting Will I be able to understand the technology? That's another chapter. <laughs> yeah. That's where you go into more teaching and writing because it's like I'm given given my day job is around Adobe Illustrator. I mean, I've barely, barely touched Illustrator on the iPad. Given that I write and teach Photoshop, I've barely touched Photoshop on the iPad. And, you know, it. I don't know whether this is something about, I mean, apart from the fact I've got a day job and four kids and, you know, a ton of other stuff, <laughs> I don't get to sit down. But I probably find I open Procreate more than I open anything else. Um, but I've always been a, yeah, I think I think technology will overtake me, but then I just want to be good at the stuff I know. I don't need to suddenly become an XD expert or, or you know, or an After Effects expert. I know, I know my lane. And I just want to be the best I can be at the moment in that lane because that's what gets me the work. Now, there are things I want to learn outside of that, but I think there will come a time for me especially, not so much for you, but some of it will run away with us and we won't be able to keep up teaching everything because even now, I don't really see that many people kind of being a, a like jack of all trades Mm -hmm. master of none there there's you know there are certain people when you say their name you associate them with a particular product Mm -hmm. um but i think because the create we've now got the creative cloud we've got the tools to be able to be better at what we do doesn't mean we have to be an expert in all of them absolutely although within the within the creative cloud and that's something that um, is actually my approach and what a project that I can start to, you know, I'm, I'm still working on it, but I'm happy to disclose <clears throat> here and give a little preview. I'm actually yeah. working on ways to um, cr- use the apps together. So the project is called Cross Apps. And I completely agree with you in terms of focus on what you do. Although I think that many um, tutorials and many trainers fall on only one product. And I think that the reality of graphic design and where the majority of designers are is that they use Photoshop, InDesign and Illustrator and they should know at least basics. So what I'm working right now uh, with Adobe is actually uh, to, to build an educational programs that teaches how to really take advantage of the cross apps and the CC libraries in order to become better at your trade, uh, which is the general graphic design expertise rather than one app or the other. 
but I completely agree with you. That doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not doing animation and I'm not doing, you know, audio engineering or anything like that. It's also within the realm of design. But in terms of um, also I wanted to say regarding the app, try not to use for one day or today. If you today's if you do have the iPad, try to just stay and work on the Illustrator and the iPad as it is. It has enough functionality as it is to build projects mm. on it. And then you jump on them on the on the desktop. That's what I do. Because the beauty of them being interconnected, you can work together. So I literally, I got the iPad, which is like literally behind me because it comes into my desk and I work with them at the same time. So I have the iPad and then and then it's just mm -hmm. it's just a matter of getting comfortable. I don't have too much experience with the Photoshop on the iPad, but the Illustrator is is very fun. I my entire book was drawn on um, draw. Um, yeah, Adobe draw. Yeah, yeah, and now the the idea that everything and it wasn't that clean in terms of vectors. So the idea mm. that now I can do that in Illustrator, I'm I'm aching to be able to draw. I just didn't have unfortunately the time, but. That, that's my next personal goal, to be able to do another illustrated book. Yeah, I think you will. I think you've <laughs> definitely got it in you. You've got a plan. The other thing, you just point, pointed out something there about the Creative Cloud, which was because I've been very supportive of the Creative Cloud and this whole subscription model, given that, you know, I do remember the days where everyone would be passing the disc round, you know, at college. And then then you look at oh crikey i can't afford two thousand pounds for this now we've got all the tools it's a bit like when i said go and work go and work in any job in an office mm -hmm. so you understand all the functions in that so yeah you waiting for something to get signed off but you don't appreciate that that's not that person's priority and the reason you haven't got paid is because accounts department do things in a certain way with the creative cloud one of the things i said to a designer once was that i don't need all the apps why am i paying for all of them i only use three i'm like okay well ask yourself this when it when you look at the products you use like photoshop illustrator indesign they're the main three that graphic designers use back in the day it was flash and dreamweaver <laughs> and and um image ready and fireworks you know there, there were tools that we were using back then we had no idea of any other tools. You've now got Creative Cloud, so I'm going to test you. What's Premiere Pro for? Well, making videos. What's Audition for? Doing sound. What's After Effects for? Motion graphics. So you've got those tools now. You don't need to learn to how they work. You just need to know how they work in your industry and why they exist. So if you're going to hand off files... I don't think a, an After Effects person is really going to thank you when you hand them off. I only use Affinity <laughs> or I use GIMP or I use Vectinator. It's like, it's the industry standard yeah. tool. So even if you don't agree with it, learn the industry standard tool and understand what all the other tools do because you are going to work with motion graphic people. You are going to work with Premiere Pro. You are going to work with Audition. You've got the ability to just kind of click on the app and just see what it looks like Re just read up and watch a class and just see how photoshop works with premiere pro or how illustrator works with after effects because you can develop work and a workflow that helps people that use those tools and get more work from it but if you're just nope photoshop that's <laughs> it that's all i need 
But I think that it comes to exactly what we were saying before, make it happen. And if you don't, if you have all these apps and you don't know how to do, use them, I mean, shame on you for not being curious enough and you're missing an opportunity. Nobody knows really that because I don't like to show it off because I'm not an expert, but I work in Premiere. I work in After Effects. I use Audition. So I, I use many more apps beyond the one that you see me using out there. I don't want to mm. show it or say it too much because I'm nowhere near an expert, but I watch videos on After Effects and, and expressions and I learn how to wiggle and do silly things like that just because I have done a project again with Adobe with the Illustrator team and I had to develop a cartoon. It's going to come out pretty soon and they needed someone to, uh, you know, do the the animations and i didn't have time to hire and find someone else so i went and did it myself and they were so much happier with the final result and it's just like a 10 seconds animation in between the two videos but it makes us such a you know it won the other two projects you know and mm. that's again just because i put the effort and i have to give a big shout out to Jesus Ramirez, because he does pushes me also, you know, to to try different things. I, I am and I don't want to, you know, come across as everything is nice and I'm always, you know, grafting and I'm always 100 percent. No, I'm tired and exhausted. I likely surrounded myself by amazing people like yourself, Tony, Jesus. And Jesus was like, you know, why don't you just do it in After Effects? And I was like, that that's hard. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's like, well, watch a video and you'll do it. And I was like, you know what? Shame on me if I don't do it, you know, because if I don't make it happen, it's because I decide I denied myself the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You've got all the opportunity. You've got the ability to learn, which you've proved because you've learned other things. It's like audition. I I, I edit the podcast in Premiere Pro because I just find it a, an easier interface for me to do what I do. And I can do some of the audio stuff. Audition like freaks me out. But do you know what? I could sit and watch eight hours of Jason it's Levine beautiful. show me how to use it. It's like music and poetry. It's like, I'll never get that deep into it. But man, he just makes it look so much fun when he shows Audition and when he shows Premiere Pro. That it's like, he makes you want to learn it. Absolutely. Because I'd, I'd feel like I'm letting him down by not. And that's, so, sorry, but I'm going to take this uh, um, opportunity also to give a massive shout out to Jason. He's a sweetheart super super kind amazing person i was doing a project just started to learn premiere pro and i don't know him personally i never like i barely met him like you know with the queue of people behind him so i never had mm. the opportunity of interacting one-on-one -on -one. but i painted i'm like hey i'm gonna do this project for linkedin learning and i want to do it in premiere pro and i want to make sure that he's spot on so again i could have just done it whatever but i really made an effort to contact jason and pester him and bless him if he did find time so now if you go and open my premiere pro i have a jason okay jason okayed preset you know oh. <laughs> <laughs> that he got me step by step with his kindness and he really went through and explained it like he does in his amazing videos and i'm like yeah, you know, just just take time to to listen, ask and try your best. Try your best. I'm in the fortunate position where I could ping him on on a on a Slack. Hmm. But, you know, it doesn't have to be that. It can be something else. It could be pinging your director or pinging someone that you admire. And I don't know, unfortunately, I think we are running out of time big time, but yeah. No, you can talk as much as you so, want. So, I it, 
It's your t- it's your time. <laughs> I'm I'm cool. You you can you can talk about whatever you One, want. One um, story that on the same you know on the same note of making things happen and again other. Another thank you to Tony and um, been there probably one of the biggest pillar in my career in, in, in the design industry and in what I'm doing today. Uh, Tony, again, surround yourself by people that resonate with you. Me and Tony, besides me spilling the orange juice, had the chance of having the personal conversation. I opened up a little bit with him. We'd really resonate with each other in terms of personality. He's such a kind, generous, generous person. And I learned how to trust him even if I didn't you know, really know him. But because of that, I found out that one of my biggest guru, which is uh, John Maheda, and he's a professor at the MIT. He's like a, you know, I define him a software philosopher. It blows mm. my mind. It, 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 I don't know if you're familiar with him. No. He, he, he wrote a book called Simplicity, which I, you know, advise strongly to everyone. It's a tiny book, but it's, it's gorgeous. He's um, the person who's behind the product uh, design of the iPod, iPod, which then became the iPhone. Oh, Jonathan Ives. No, he's, he's, uh, John, John oh. Maheda. He, oh, I mean, okay. I'm sure there is more than one person. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He's more the software person. And um, right. he, uh, currently he teaches at the MIT and he does so many other amazing lectures. And he was speaking at Max um, two years ago, maybe three years ago. First time that I went at Max. And I was in the summer, I was on a boat under the sun, on a bathing suit, reading articles on John Maeda, even then you know, during my holidays. And I realized that he um, was speaking at Max. And I realized that Tony was about, he posted something on Facebook about going to Max. So I messaged Tony saying, Tony, please go to this person and say that I love him. And I cannot believe that you have the opportunity to meet with this design god. And oh my gosh, lucky you. And Tony was like, well, my wife or my assistant or whatever is not coming. Uh, so I have an extra pass because as a speaker, he comes with an extra pass. Yeah. Are you seriously interested in, in Adobe Max? And I was like, you know, tell me when and I'm buying the ticket. Within 45 minutes, Tony confirmed my name and I bought a ticket for LA. Within 45 minutes of me seeing the article of John Maeda and a, a, less than a month after I was in LA and now John Maeda sends me letters and I ah. don't even open them because he sends them in that rice, op- like trans- rice paper. It's transparent so you can read what he writes. Uh, and I, I haven't framed them yet, but I like that's the level of, you know, how much I admire him. But I read them. Th- I read these letters through the, the envelope. Oh. I don't want to open them. <laughs> but again, thanks to Tony that allowed me with such a generosity and freedom just to he had a free spot you know it didn't cost him anything i could i could go on he i had to basically put all the money that i in the bank to pay flight and hotel and everything to make sure that i had there but at least i didn't have to pay for for the event which i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to i could afford the flights or maybe the accommodation but i couldn't afford yeah the entire package so he allowed me to to, to be there physically otherwise I financially couldn't couldn't have done it and I met you know I met Asus I met some Mark Capes I met Colin I met so many other professionals which are hard-working amazing people and again I think that we got to probably the the final fifth keyword which is hard work so passion yeah curiosity humble make it happen and be prepared to work hard. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> no, that's that's fantastic because I I that is one thing I say to people when it comes to events. It's like, look, we're in the UK. I'm English. All the best events happen in America. Yes, it's a long way away. Yes, it's expensive. So if you're looking at Adobe Max, you're looking at fifteen hundred dollars for a ticket. You're looking at the best part of two thousand dollars for a hotel. You're looking at flight, say a thousand dollar for flights. I know when I went to my first Photoshop World in Las Vegas, it cost me a pretty penny, but it's the best investment I ever made. I've got Fred, Alan Hess, who's the co-host of this. I met Alan at my first ever Photoshop World in an elevator. Oh wow! And and we've got a ten year friendship. I've st- I've got such awesome friendships from that. But each time I go to an event, and and people, are, oh, you're so lucky you get to go. Like the first. Did you spill a drink? Up until. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but I've messed up some some things. Um, 2017 was my first Adobe Max when I was a TA. Um, Because 2016 was the year I met Astute Graphics and and Aaron Draplin. But all those other years, all those trips pretty much came out of my pocket. And best investment. You know, those events, yes, it is a long way away, but do you know what? There's aeroplanes that fly, well, back back in the good old days when we could go places. But there's an aeroplane that goes there and there's a taxi that goes to the event. There are people who will share rooms with you. There are ways sometimes of if you volunteer, you can get a cheaper ticket. But don't sit there and say, lucky you. Oh, no. or, oh, I need to win the lottery. I didn't win the lottery. I just saved up. When I was doing jobs, I was putting a little bit of money aside from each job because I knew in a year's time, I wanted to go to Creative South or I wanted to go to Adobe Max. I wanted to go to Photoshop World. I met Jesus at Photoshop World. You know, all these amazing people in my life. I'm now, you know, I am friends with the Adobe evangelists because I've met them all at Photoshop World and got to know them. I'm I, The fact that Russell Preston Brown knows my name <laughs> and, and will hug me at Adobe Max, it, to me it's like, yeah, I'd done all right, all the right things because he he respects who I am and what I do, and it took a long time. But yeah, you have to take those opportunities. You have to sometimes empty your savings account and jump on that's a plane and the, go to one of these events. That's part of the eat it's, shit program. <laughs> it's the eating financial <laughs> shit. Yeah. And and by the way, well, suck it up. Well, <laughs> suck it up, Buttercup. Well, all of you beautiful, amazing people were in the hotel in downtown LA. I was on the outskirts of Shitland, next to you know drug dealers, <laughs> gangs, places. You were in a in a B- Airbnb sharing a toilet with eight people. You know that at that that time when you saw me there, that's where I was. And I first time never been in LA first time that I was in LA and I was like sticking out like a sore thumb. And I just went for a walk because I was like, you know, 15 minutes to, you know, next to the Staples Center, which in my mind was closed. But in reality, I was outside yeah. the ring in the in the shithole. And, uh, and yeah. the bu- a bus driver stopped me in the street and I had like a gold necklace or like golden earrings and he told me get on the bus put your earrings and your necklace in your purse and i was like i don't have any money so like i'm sorry i cannot take the bus because i just i literally was my first day i still have to change pounds or whatever and he told me no i don't care you're the same age of my daughter i wouldn't have my daughter in here just get on the bus and i'll leave you downtown so this this i was very lucky 
that this person like decided to take care of me because I was like strolling like next to gangs. I'm like, hey, <laughs> like typical tourist with my little backpack, like, you know, new glasses, new, like, you know, I just arrived to LA and you can tell by like miles. So, you know, that's that's part of the package of being being able to to do something tough and to with a smile. And and also what like you were saying for Russell, you know, do invest, do your best for what matters to you. Because everything everything mm. that we said is relevant if it matters to you. It doesn't matter if it matters to me, to Dave. It doesn't matter if it's photography, painting, uh, you know, graffiti or speaking. It doesn't matter. As long as it's relevant to you, that's where you find your peace. And that's when the smile comes while you eat your dose of poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to finish on that because that, that is the best way to... I don't want to ask any more questions because that was just... That summed everything up beautifully. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's, there's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, I could record another hour of this and I think definitely need to have you back on. <laughs> um, but I think the next time we need to do a You, Me and Tony episode. Oh, that would be I think the three of us, so fun. I'd love to... Yeah, I'd love to talk more about the design side of of what we do. Um, Absolutely. The next time we're that, on, that'll be so. an honour. Yeah, I did tell Tony I had you on as a guest tonight, so he was well happy, and I'm going to tell him he's had a lot of love as well. But you deserve a lot of love as well. Thank you very much for everything you do. I still learn from you. <laughs> I think I love watching you grow. I love watching you doing what you're doing. Uh, and like you say, you're you're just at the beginning of this. You're not at the peak you're on i'm just starting on the upward curve i haven't started yet yeah, i haven't exactly. started yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> watch out world <laughs> dave thank you so so much it's an absolute honor i always wanted to have this conversation with you and you know i'm sure we're gonna definitely talk more it's absolute pleasure thank you so much for having yeah. me yeah um and we're gonna have a barbecue in your new back garden when yeah, it's done yeah we gotta well. meet up with a as soon as we're allowed out Jesus, tony and bring up some nigel maybe you know whoever whoever is in the zone in the uk zone <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll all get on the train and head yes. north no thank you very much um have a have a safe and great prosperous exceptional 2021 thank you as thank well you so, we're, so much. we're all gonna we're all gonna get through this but um for now, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for Claudia for being a guest and uh, we'll see you next week.